The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Throughout the week, we have been running this series looking at world religions, no other way to describe it. We were talking to Dr. John Murray from DCU about Christianity on Monday. Amadola de Sunday was with me yesterday from UCC to talk about Islam. You can find both if you miss them. You can listen back there on the News Talk app as podcasts. Now, really interesting conversations. I suspect today's will be just as interesting. With me in studio is Mio Kodo. He is a Zen Buddhism priest. Mio you're very welcome to the show. What is a, a Zen Buddhism priest? So, Kieran, thanks for having me on. Uh, so, a Zen Buddhist is one is a type of Buddhist and uh, so Buddhism I suppose is one of the world religions one of the big world religions uh, about 7% of the world population are Buddhist most of them are in Asia so what a Zen what Zen is is one of the many schools of Buddhism there are many many schools within Buddhism and uh, and I'm a priest I was ordained within uh, within the Zen tradition so Zen is a tradition of Buddhism that goes back over two and a half thousand years yeah Okay, so we might talk about Zen as a tradition on its own in just a moment. But uh, for people like myself now who are really venturing into terra incognita and don't know what they're talking about, uh, uh, what is Buddhism? So Buddhism is, uh, some people say it's a religion, others say it's a philosophy. I mean, this, that's a long argument. We won't have okay. <laughs> so uh, I think it's a religion because if it walks like a religion and talks like a religion, it's probably a religion. You know, it's got ritual, it's got you know, uh, a set of beliefs, but more importantly, a set of practices when it comes to Buddhism. Uh, so what is Buddhism? It is the religion and practices based on the teachings of a real person who lived two and a half thousand years ago, and that was the Buddha. Uh, his name was Siddhartha Gautama. So that was his kind of secular name. And then uh, at the age of uh, 29, he set off on a big spiritual uh, quest and eventually he was recognised as the Awakened One, which is what the Buddha means. What was his religious background? Do we know? So he would he would have come from northeastern, uh, what is today India, Nepal, around that, that region. Yeah. And so that would be very much a kind of a Vedic Hindu type of culture, what we would call today Hindu. So it would be very diverse, lots of different faiths, depending on what area were, you mm. were in. But th- think Hindu, that kind of background, and you're in the right ballpark. OK, so he goes off uh, from this Hindu background and goes on this spiritual journey. Um, does he have followers and disciples early on? How, how does Buddhism uh, spring forth from Buddha? Yeah, a very good question, Kiran. So um, what happens is, uh, uh, I suppose a lot of people listening will be most familiar with Christianity, right? So if you think of Christianity starting as a small religion, Buddhism's the same, right? Uh, the Buddha eventually has five followers uh, to begin with, uh, after many years of, of, of practice and, and uh, his great, what we call his enlightenment, his big awakening experience. And then his followers uh, grew more and more numerous. Uh, But of course, Buddhism was very localised for, you know, many years after the Buddha passed away and died. But like 
a great Roman emperor made Christianity into a in, into a world religion. Mm. For Buddhism, there was an emperor, an Indian emperor called Ashoka, and what he did is he sponsored sponsored missions, uh, missionaries really to go abroad to Sri Lanka, throughout Asia, other parts of the world. So Buddhism spread so that Buddhism was in what present day Pakistan, Afghanistan, parts of Russia, as we know today. It really spread. And with the advance of the Islamic armies, uh, where after the emergence of Islam, Buddhism kind of shrank again uh, as Islam spread. So, we, yeah, we were talking to Amanullah yesterday about the, the teachings of Muhammad and, and what teachings he spread and other prophets as well before him on Monday with John Murray about the teachings of Christ. What was Buddha telling these five followers initially and what were those followers then telling yeah. others? Well, I suppose Buddhism 101 is two things, can be summed up in two things. One is uh, the Four Noble Truths and the second is uh, the Eightfold Path. So the Four Noble Truths, the first teaching of the Buddha given in Deer Park uh, after his Great Awakening experience, he basically said, you know, we're not satisfied. Life often gives us unsatisfactory situations. We get sick, we die, the people we love pass away. You know, we don't get the job we want, we don't get the car we want, etc. Um so life is full of uh, unsatisfactory experience. Now, this is caused by uh, the, sec- the second noble truth is that this is caused by like uh, clinging to wanting things to be a certain way, which is not not bad. But holding on to that too much uh, uh, is what causes this kind of suffering. And the third is that we can we can escape this kind of suffering, this unsatisfactory experience of life. And that is the Eightfold Path. And that is like he sets out a path, a spiritual path, and it's divided into uh, what most people think of when they think of Buddhism, meditation, meditation and mindfulness. So to do with the mind, how we experience reality, to do with ethics, so that we have right speech, right action, we act in a right way, we have a, a right livelihood, like we don't... We earn our living from ways like not dealing in arms or engaging in things that are harmful. And then um, intellectually as well, right view and also a, a right determination to uh, to kind of improve ourselves. So this Eightfold Path. So that's kind of Buddhism 101, the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. So, so you've got life is suffering. It's caused by these uh, desires. And to deal with that problem, you, you follow the Eightfold Paths. Uh, does that what uh, like involve re- suffering re- rather than life is suffering? Okay, involves suffering. <laughs> I was overhanging yeah. the misery there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, do, do, does following those paths then does it does it reduce the desires, or does it just make you better at coping with them, or change what desires you have? Yeah, I think I think desire gets a bad rap in classical Buddhism. And of course, uh, if you feel hunger, you need to feed yourself. So desire isn't isn't a bad thing in itself. Mm. You know, being enslaved to desire is the issue. So the Buddha talks about a middle way. You see, he starts his spiritual journey and he's quite extreme. He's doing extreme yogic ex- uh, exercises. He's trying to, you know, uh, really starve the body to feed the spirit, you know, which you see in a lot of religions, right? And other Abrahamic religions, right? Abrahamic religions are Christianity, Judaism, mm. Islam. Um, Buddhism is different. It's a Dharmic religion coming out of the Hindu um, background. So it's quite different on issues like God, the afterlife, you know, these, oh, kind, of questions, these kind of questions are dealt with differently. But it's not that desire is bad, it's being enslaved to desire is bad. So the Buddha is saying, follow a middle way. 
Okay. Uh, there is no God, is that right? Or is Buddha God? Buddha's, Buddha is silent on God, uh, on the issue of God. Uh, we know that we don't have proof for God's existence. Uh, so uh, Buddha, in Buddhism, there are the, the unanswerable questions within Buddhism, right? One is, we do not know from the evidence at hand whether there is a God, whether there is um, an afterlife, for example. So if we don't know that, the Buddha isn't, con- isn't concerned with things he can't answer. He's concerned with things he can answer. Uh, the, the, par- the, the, the kind of image the Buddha uses in the teachings is if you get shot with a poisonous arrow, you don't lie there thinking, who shot the arrow? Where was it made? You think, how am I going to deal with this arrow right now? <laughs> you know, what am I going to do now? Okay. Here I am, here and now. So the afterlife, again, that's another thing that's just not not thought about, is it? Or, or not worth considering because no, we don't know anything about it? The point is now. Eternity is right now. This moment we live in is where our choices are made, where our questions must be answered. Uh, this so, is kind of taking the idea of living in the present uh, uh, onto a much grander scale. Yeah, but it's 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 not even an idea, Kieran. I think Buddhism is is as a Buddhist, I would say this, but I think Buddhism is a profoundly realistic kind of uh, religious practice because it understands we find ourselves here and now. How do we deal with that? Mm. It starts where we find ourselves. And then uh, just to get to your own journey uh, into Zen Buddhism, I mean, how, how did mm. you how did you begin this journey into Buddhism, first of all? And then how mm. do you find yourself a Zen Buddhist priest? Yeah, sure. Well, the word Zen means meditation. So that's all it means. Uh, the word Zen is, just means meditation. So Zen is the meditation school of Buddhism. It puts a lot of emphasis on meditation practice. So I grew up in Galway uh, uh, as a Catholic. I was baptised. Gradually, over many years, I, uh, I I just didn't believe in, in, in the faith that was brought up in anymore. And I tried lots of different meditation, uh, particularly in the various Buddhist schools. Remember, Buddhism is as diverse as Christianity. So I tried Tibetan Buddhist practice. I tried uh, Western style, modern Buddhist practice. I tried Zen over maybe 15 years and I kept coming back to Zen. And uh, I eventually started studying with a teacher based in Osaka in Japan. And I never set out to become a a Zen Buddhist priest. He asked Mm. me to ordain. So um, I ordained in 2011 and I received the permission to teach about five years after that. And do you then, as a Buddhist priest, do you strive for enlightenment? Have you reached enlightenment? What, what's that journey? Yeah, so enlightenment is uh, awakening to the true nature of reality. So it's a very complex question. In one form of Buddhism, Theravada, the, uh, there's one view of enlightenment. In the kind of Mahayana, which Zen is part of, Mahayana means great vehicle. So there's a bigger emphasis on lay practice, whereas the original cla- uh, Original Buddhism, Theravadan Buddhism, emphasizes monastic practice only. Okay. A lot of monastic practice in Mahayana too, but a lot more um, open to lay practice. Yeah. So our understanding is that we are innately enlightened. So in some religious traditions, we have this idea of original sin. In On the contrary, in, in Buddhism, we believe that we are originally wise, compassionate, enlightened beings. So it's a matter of rediscovering that. So it's not only that I am enlightened, Kieran; it's that you are enlightened too. Oh, wow. I've caught a lot of things on this show. <laughs> Rarely enlightened. Um, 
And is it that we're born enlightened and we lose it and we must find our way back to it? Or That's kind of it. Yeah, okay. that's kind of it. I mean, we have what's called Buddha nature, this wise, compassionate, innate uh, nature. Mm. And through greed, through anger, through delusion, through, uh, through these kind of things, we lose sight of that, you know. Um, so we are fundamentally good beings, fundamentally wise and compassionate beings. And we just have to, through practice, get back in touch with that. And it, those Abrahamic religions you mentioned, and we've talked about two of them, and we're going to be talking about Judaism later in the week. Uh, they've lots of things in common. One of them is this idea that we surrender ourselves to the idea that there is something much greater than us in the universe, this kind of creator that made us and to varying degrees, depending on the religion, uh, controls us or, or, or controls events. And, you know, and I know in Islam, there's maybe more of an emphasis on kind of free will and there might be another religion, whatever it happens to be. Does that, does that idea exist at some level in Buddhism? That there, there, there is a kind of a master plan that we all, a river that we're all kind of in the flow of? Yes, a very good question. I think that, um, I think in Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity and Islam, that God is personified as a being. In uh, Buddhism, we don't use the word God, but it's not that we don't have an idea of the ultimate. So our idea of the ultimate or our understanding of the ultimate is what the others would call God. But we don't personify it as a being or as a force. We just understand that we are part of a much bigger ultimate reality, which if I was Christian or Jewish or Muslim, I would probably call God. So it's a different understanding, uh, Kiran, because we don't say there's the creator being outside the universe who controls everything and uh, who uh, is a kind of a personified being. Mm. So in Buddhism, there is that ultimate reality, which we call Dharmakaya, but we don't bow down and worship it. We don't think it's a person. We don't think it's controlling the universe in a conscious way. In Buddhism, we would see that as applying human type understandings to the ultimate reality to you know that there's a master of the universe who controls everything mm. we wouldn't see it like that we would see that as as trying to put human traits onto the ultimate reality which actually is beyond description uh despite the the lofty rhetoric i'm i'm of an age and a generation where i can't hear the phrase master of the universe but i think in a he-man i'm afraid <laughs> uh, but listen thanks a million for coming in. i really enjoyed the conversation yeah. and i hope everyone did at home i hope you did as You're well great and if anyone wants to find out more about our practice uh check out zenbuddhism.ie we have dublin zen center has just opened a few months ago in temple bar in dublin oh, and we're open for Zen practice, study and uh, meditation. Zenbuddhism.ie if you did enjoy what you've just heard and you want to find out uh, more. Uh, Mio Zan Kodo, Zen Buddhist uh, priest. Uh, thank you very much for joining me here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.